first story deals with a subculture of heavy metal music that some feel is sending a dangerous message to your kids. The forces of evil on the dark side of devil right. And I want to talk tonight about the devil and demons and witches and wizards. And we just mix it up with hardcore and aggression and come out with something that we face an original sound. Loud, fast, heavy, you know. Well, what do you got? What do you got? You're listening to Riff Worship, the podcast that attempts to answer the age-old question, what makes a riff? Why do we care about the riff? Talking about some of our favorite albums containing riffs. Uh, I am Austin Paulson, one of your hosts. With me, as always, is the great bald hope, the great baldini, Dylan Adams. Dylan, how are you doing today? Beautiful, bud. Absolutely oh, beautiful. You're always Got a little beautiful. sun on the old dome. We're doing good. <laughs> uh, we have a wonderful guest today. Uh, we this do. is uh, a band we have been itching to talk to for a little bit. I don't, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have been itching to hear from for a while. Uh, this is kind of as part of an upcoming forthcoming release, Moon Healer, which will be out on February 23rd through Metal Blade Records. We are joined by none other than the basis of Job for a Cowboy, Nick Shangelis. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. I'm I'm uh, pr- pleasantly surprised that you must have looked up how to pronounce that name. <laughs> you uh you provided a very good cheat sheet for how to do it. So thank you. Okay. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually it's like never. I mean, it's probably been like four times in my life that people have like just not on the opening. How do I say it? You know, but like just get it just because it's like the D and the Z don't sound like a J when we, when you read them in English, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're like, you know, so anyways, but I'm good, man. Uh, I'm doing really good. I, I'm, I switched to diet Coke from coffee. Cause I was doing a coffee per interview. And I was like, Oh, shit. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> well, I guess I want to congratulate you on this, this album. I'm sure, you know, it's been a kind of a long time coming as we mentioned a lot of starts and stops from what I understand with the album kind of literally just, days away. How do you feel? Like, what are you, what's going through your head right now? Uh, you know, gratitude. Um, and then like, it's this funny thing. I used to get this on tour sometimes, um, where it would be like sort of almost like a pre nostalgia, you know, like you're experiencing the present moment from the future in a, in kind of like a reminiscent way. That's kind of, it's kind of where it's at with it. Cause it like, you know, like I was saying the, uh, before we started, um, this has been such a long chapter of my life. I went on, uh, I love riding motorcycles. Right. And I did this, this thing one time I, you know, crazy. I bought a brand new motorcycle. Um, and, uh, it was cool to like develop a, a relationship with a machine. Um, not like the, my strange addiction guy, but just, you know, regular platonic love for my motorcycle. But anyways, like it was cool. Cause like, I'm like riding around, the mountains, I explored more Colorado getting a motorcycle than I ever have, uh, in my life. And I'm riding by Evergreen where I was you know, born and grew up. I mean, I was born down in Denver, but you know, grew up in Evergreen and it's in the mountains. And, and, uh, I'm looking down on my bike and I see my mileage and my odometer. I'm at 1,982 miles. And I was like the year I was born. And so I was so crazy. Cause like, I don't know what it was, but it was like just the linked up right then. I was like, oh, I should, get off and like ride up to my old house up here. And like, and it was like, as the mileage in my bike was going up, uh, I was like recapping my life, you know? And I was like, Oh, 82. Okay. So I would have been born here, you put together any fuzzy memory you can from when you were, you know, a toddler, you know, 
pretty blurry, but then you start being like, oh, okay, 85, oh, that's when my parents got divorced, okay, and then 86, and like, I'm watching and writing and like recapping my life, and I realized once I got to, you know, 2005 or whatever, so 20 miles later, whatever it was, uh, that um, everything became based off of music. Everything became based off of like what record I was working on um, or what tour I was on. And um, it was kind of crazy because I was like, well, records generally are like a two year span, you know, for the most part, there's that two year cycle right. um, that, uh, you know, at least in metal that we, that we sort of adhere to. And um, it was like realizing that somebody had just talked about some kind of a similar um, parallel that they were drawing. But I, I, I thought back to that day when I was doing this sort of life recap as the miles were going up, matching on my odometer. And I realized like this record is like not just two years, you know, this is like a minimum of six of hard work, you know, and then like probably two to um, maybe even three of like lighter conceptualizations and stuff. But like, it's such a massive chapter of my life that it's almost like a little sad, you know, that it's like, um, oh, here's the end of the press and here's the, then the record's out. And then, Oh, and then, you know, three months ago. Yeah. We put moon healer out back then. That was crazy, man. Remember that whole time of your life, that whole massive thing. So that's, that's kind of my headspace with it right now. Um, but also, you know, gratitude that, you know, it's getting received, uh, pretty darn well, man. I mean, getting so many compliments from friends and, and, um, well, touring people and then press people and everything. And so we're just really grateful that people give a shit, I guess, after that long, you know? Well, I, I certainly uh, appreciate you spending the time to talk to us about it. And, you know, you kind of mentioned like, you know, kind of a multi-year spanning process. You know, I, I read in our research that, you know, this really kind of got serious maybe around like the 2018 mark. But from what I understand, you had some of these on demo as early as like 2014. So it's yep. really taken an evolution over like the course of a decade. It's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of mental. I mean, Tony just doesn't stop writing. So like, that's the thing that's crazy about it right now is I'm like, Oh, well shit, hopefully it's not. That's what I was thinking too. And I was like, well, how do you, you know, this is a question uh, I just saw Sean Lennon pose the other day. And I feel like you guys would be good people to ask this because you seem like intelligent blokes, but um, is nostalgia Cause like this, you see this whole big wave of nostalgia. Like people be like, Oh, J fact, like, man, when I, I got sun eater in my fucking senior year of high school, you know, like now it's their 10 year anniversary. So, uh, or a 10 year high school reuse, uh, reunion, you know? So like this, this whole kind of nostalgic element of things so like is nostalgia just another form of depression. Ooh. Ah, oh. damn. Well, and it, you know, maybe we've been talking about this a little bit too, as far as like nostalgia, you're wearing a Mastodon t-shirt right now. I mean, right. with this big tour coming out, you know, yeah. the basic the 2004 <laughs> tour, you know, it's definitely got me kind of thinking about, I mean, Dylan, I know 2004 was certainly a big year for you getting into music. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Is, is it, man, that, that, that hit on a sub level that I never thought it would. Um, yeah, that knocked me right when I saw it, I read it, man. It, was, it was an X thing. And I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I could see it. Right. For sure. Cause it's, it's not a, I, I guess it's like, is it like a pleasant sadness? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's like certainly <laughs> yeah. a lot. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, you're longing for like a time really, or just like that first, I feel like I've always been trying to chase that moment of like the, that maybe that initial riff or that 
piece of music that I heard. Yeah. And maybe when I'm like listening to something new that maybe touches it, I'm like, man, remember that one time I was sitting there and I just heard fucking Ashes of the Wake for the first time or this and yeah, that. Yeah, like, I remember that. Like it's, it's searching for that feeling. There's that collective group of people that will always say, you know, it's good, but it's not as good as like insert band, right? right. It's not as good as insert album. It's like, Hey, I remember when master of puppets was out. Nothing's ever going to be as good as that, you know, debatably. And it's like, yeah, I I could see that. I could see that just trying to hold on to that one last kind of glimpse of what you remember and what was youthful and that, that same energy. Is it, is it, yeah. I wonder if it's like, is it because, uh, we were younger, healthier, maybe happier, you know, and in those times and you're like, Oh, back when, you know, when those records came out or when you first started, you know, uh, getting into a particular band or whatever it was, um, that like you were more carefree, you, you were less jaded by the, and less beaten down by the fucking world, you know? So like, but it, it's, a, is it almost, I'm like, I want, is it like a rejection of the present, you know, is nostalgia, like rejecting the, the goodness of the present moment that you're in, whether it's art you're viewing or, you know, the people you're with or whatever, but you're sitting, sitting there feeling nostalgic is literally like longing. So it's, it's missing something. So something's not there that you would like to be there that can't ever be there again. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, man, <laughs> damn Nick, that's good. <laughs> what are we doing here, man? <laughs> I'm going to have let to take a shower after. Yeah. Let me, let me <laughs> go for a walk after this interview, dude. You know, but it, I think you're certainly onto something. I mean, like, yeah. you know, with all the, even within the, just this 10 year gap of like between albums, like we certainly maybe digest art and music a lot differently than we did even then. Like, you know, that carefree thing, like I wasn't worried about, you know, the certain trends or whatever's going on. I, you know, I try to continue and, you know, listen to albums, from start to finish but you know what are there any trends that you've noticed within this kind of gap that you know you've still remained busy in several projects since then you know what's what's changed in 10 years you know i kind of saw i remember a meme coming out and i'm not going to take credit for this because there are way too many amazing bass players uh that were loud and present in the mix before me but uh, i did see a couple memes like right when, when around sun eater was coming out and it was like the you know the uh what the fuck is the show? I never watched it because watching it, not watching it was like the new vegan oh, shit. <laughs> game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there was, you know, the winters winter's coming, you know, brace yourself. Uh, so it was like, brace yourself. The loud bass mixes are coming, you know, after like with a picture of the uh, sun eater on it. So I did sort of notice like, and it could be, it's probably more just like, Oh, you get a fucking, uh, a, a white Mazda CX five. So now all of a sudden the same amount of white CX fives are always around are around, but now you're noticing them that, you know, whatever that particular activation network of our brain that like pays attention to thing, uh, pays attention to things. So could be that, but I did seem to notice that like it became, and maybe it was just time, you know, like I said, right. it's not, it doesn't have shit to do with me, but like, you know, maybe Jason and, and Johnny having a little bit of having the balls to, you know, push the bass up in the mix that much. But, um, but you did see, it did seem to be like, Oh, cool. Like it's cool to be a bass player in a metal band in a metal band now. You know what I mean? Like, cause for a while, like it was like, Oh yeah. You know, eh, who wants to play the dumb, dumb stick? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> who, who's getting, who is getting slagged off with that one? Like who is having to pick that up? 
No person <laughs> in their right mind is ever picking a bass as the first instrument at yeah, all. Yeah. They don't get chicks. They don't get paid. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, no. So that's, that's kind of one thing that I noticed. I've also noticed too, that like, I think if we were to come out with maybe Sun Eater now, but you know, I guess we're kind of you know, with having the sister record with, with Moon Healer, uh, very similar. But I think if we were to come out with like Demonocracy now, it would have done way fucking better than it did in 2012. I could because see that. The tech thing is like just fucking way bigger now. I mean, Arch, Arch Spire and yeah. like yep. fucking massive, you know, these bands are really fucking blown up and, 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 and rightfully so it's the, the talent is undeniable on this shit. But back then it was like, it was a little much. It was like the fucking Marty McFly, <laughs> you know, fucking your kids are going to love this. It's, <laughs> you know, to kind of piggyback off the nostalgia <laughs> thing. Like, obviously I'm sure Joffrey Cowboys had to deal with that, you know, even playing a few shows here and there with like, you know, you've got this whole generation of kids that grew up listening to the doom EP, right? Oh yeah. 100%. And I'm sure that the questions that even you get asked who wasn't even in the band at that point, it's right. like those kids are definitely coming up to you and asking like, who knows what they're saying about that EP, right? Who knows right. what they're asking about it? And it's like, yep, there's nostalgia. That's that one period of time they thought was so pure. Like maybe they heard it the night they like, you know, got to second base the first time or like, you know, their first car ride out to the lake or something like that. Or like who, who knows what it was. Right. Sure. And they yeah. just want to remember that time. You're right. And it's just, it's mind blowing to think about that, that we all is, and, and particularly like, I know I'm a, I'm an older millennial uh, and Austin's a, a couple years younger than myself. And it's like nostalgia has hit big time for the millennials. So it's just like, shit, you know, what are we going to do once this feeling's gone? Damn. Uh, I mean, well, you get your Apple vision fucking <laughs> goggles and uh, you can literally just put an overlay on and walk th through the world as if it is whatever year you, you know, were most fond of, you know, damn. You like look at the flight Ooh. changes the flight. <laughs> I know that sucks. Oh man, future sucks. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny too because um, you know, it's not that you don't want to deny people that side of it. You know what I mean? Like I still am always like, man, I goof around with Johnny. And I'm like, we gotta just, just fucking come on. Let's just it take maybe one month and let's just write Doom Two. And just like fucking, <laughs> oh, dude, God. you can make so many fucking kids so happy, dude, or, or, or older, older adults now. But, um, but yeah, and it's, it's funny too. So what year were you born? I was born in 90. 90. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're an older millennial. Then. I'll give you that. I'm, I'm like 82, which like they now technically we because our gener our like spot was basically like, do, do not fucking call us millennials. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were like, we're not Gen X, but so they, they termed like from like 79 to like 84, they call uh, like um, Xennials or Xennials. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, because we're like, oh, we still came home when the streetlights came on. Right. You know, grew up without cell phones, grew up without technology, but like Nintendo came out when we were seven, you know? So, and like, and we can still rotate a PDF 90 degrees. So it's like, <laughs> we're kind of in that, in that limbo in between spot. But I think back to like, all those little different elements that like make you who you are. And maybe that's kind of more into the nostalgia thing is it's about like their formative records. And when you're, when you're in your youth, like that's who you're 
choosing really your, you know, what identity group you want to fit in with or what, you know, what, who you are, what defines you as a person and what you want to align yourself with. And so, and music is like the primary way. I think that most, at least Western uh, humans uh, do that, you know, as, as like, you are who you listen to you. And and then that's why you're going to listen to the political leanings of the fucking singer of the band that you listen to over right. then, you know, a politician, you know, what I mean? yeah. because you're like, Oh, why well, I, I, you know, this, this guy, I, he gets me, even though he doesn't know me, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, but it's such a, a, um, like a developmental, a massive part of the developmental process of who we are. And so maybe the nostalgia kind of has some connection to that as it's like, you know, um, wanting to get back in touch with, you know, uh, what made us who we are, you know? I think that that could be a key component of it. And, and for the, the lineups and stuff that you see in bands, you know, especially like fucking calling it that the pop punk thingy, calling it, remember when we or you know, whatever, when we were <laughs> yeah, young, yeah. yeah, like fucking wow. They knew like, <laughs> yeah. that was like Facebook, yep. you know, uh, red specifically choosing red for the notification because you know, the fucking casino experts are like, this is going to, create dopamine you know every time you do it calling it that they were like oh we're cashing in on that fucking nostalgia dollar um and i'm here for that too so you know let's go we kind of <laughs> um touched on you know bass playing and whatnot uh i mean when i when i listen to this record and just over and over again i feel like you can certainly enjoy it as like a unit like a combination of you know just great lyricism and musicianship but you know Every time I got into it, I felt like, oh man, I just hear like a little detail of this, like guitar playing here is awesome. Naveen's fill here is great. But like one thing that I found myself saying over and over again was this is like truly a great bass record. Like you are so audible. It sounds like that tone is so clean. Um, You know, you're like the slaps and the taps in different parts. Like I feel like you're just like, oh man, Cryptopsy? Fucking hold my (laughs) beer, man. Like whatever. Listen to this. Um, (laughs) Ollie's great though, yeah, but yeah. With a song like Into the Crystalline uh, Crips, you know, that was so noticeable. What? I think that's Gwen. I, uh, I still don't have the songs. Oh, yeah. As oh, okay. What their real names are. Like, uh, we, we have pet names for all our songs. Right. Like, gotcha. And, uh, I think that's Gwen. I'm pretty sure. It, just from the moment that song kicks in, you know, it's just, it, it, it hits you right in the chops. What goes into crafting your parts for a song like that. So I try to, um, I really try to look at bass, especially like in, in extreme metal, like, um, vocals in a Mm. way, but like melodic, like melodic vocals. So, um, I mean, I'll even like, I've had this exercise given to me from, I can't remember where back when I found it, it might've been even back in the, like the, the Wooten camp days when I went to one of those. And, but it was like, listen to a speaker, um, you know, like a public speaker, um, or even, even singers. And like, instead of like, you know, playing along to the, to the, to the track and playing the baseline, like learn the singer's line. And because our ears are so like commensurately tuned to paying attention to the vocal range and to vocal phrasings and to speech phrasings, um, that that's where like 90% of listeners that don't, you know, don't play other instruments. Like that's what they're listening to. That's why so many people like turn on fucking, you know, extreme metal and are like, 
what the fuck is Cookie Monster? What is going? Like, what are you mad? You know, it's like that's because they they're not listening to the music; they're listening to the vocals because they're not musicians. Um, and so I've always tried to like emulate, you know, like the human voice, I guess, in a way, or at least at least the phrasings of it. I like it to I'm like I'm sounding like I'm trying to like express something. Um, and so and to do that in a way though, where I'm still trying to perform my perfunctory role of providing the foundation of the music, right? Like holding the low end of the, of the thing, giving it a fat beefy low end um, in conjunction, you know, combining those rhythmic elements with the melodic elements of the guitar. So like you, you glue the two of them together and then how you choose to like write that line and make that squiggle line of glue together is uh, I think, you know, for me, that's where my, I, I can kind of let my creativity shine. And a lot of it comes from, just, you know, combining or trying out a lot of different techniques. There's a lot more technique on this album than on Sun Eater. Um, and I think it was partially because Naveen brought a lot of crazy like jazz stuff. Um, you know, he really did uh, an incredible job of coming in and providing a new palette of like rhythmic things to connect to. Um, and then, um, you know, Jason Sukoff has a, has a pretty firm hand, uh, like such a strong grasp of melody. I'll, I'll be like, okay, here's, here's what I hear for that part, you know, and see, here's what I hear for that part, you know, and it'll be like, uh, move that, move that finger down one fret and move that finger up one fret. And I'll be like, oh shit, that's fucking weird and really cool, you know? And so like, we kind of bounce ideas off of each other and I'll be like, oh, how about something like this? You know? And he's like, ah, no, you know? (laughs) So we kind of, there is an interplay and and I do wait too. So I I feel like spontaneity is a a pretty big part of it too, because I don't, because the guitar parts are going to change when they go through the Jason Sukoff filter. And because the drum parts are going to be not defined and be a hundred percent till that record's like, till it, till it's done. I don't like spend a lot of time pre pre pre-writing my stuff. So I love that. Like the element of like, I don't know what I'm going to write for this, but let's just fucking go into the room. And I, you know, four hours later we come out with the track and I'm like, well, that's fucking cool. <laughs> Where did that come from? You know? So that's, there's, there's a, there's all those little different elements kind of play a part, you know? That's so cool. And yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned Jason being kind of integral part. I mean, he's obviously worked in the, you know, with the group for several years, uh, you know, outside of maybe kind of shaping how a, a particular song is arranged. Like how does he differ from someone like, David Taro or like Mark Lewis. Sukoff, I think they're all very, very, very good in what yeah. they do. They all have incredible ears, not just for tone, but for melody. Uh, Otero has got a fantastic ear for melody as well. Um, his is, is, is uh, it's crazy. Cause like he's he, a lot of times I think he, and there's a band called Extol. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, Christian black metal basically, I think. And uh, they have these like, like, almost like church-esque harmonic structures. You know what I mean? It's, it's always very like angelic and like, uh, it's just that their use of, of harmony is incredible. And I, I know he's a pretty big fan of that. So a lot of times when um, Otero makes a suggestion and maybe it's just the music that I'm working with him at the time, that his suggestions will always be like very uh, religious sounding. Gotcha. Even though he's, he's fucking not. So, um, but yeah, but Sukov has this like real strong, uh, I mean, a, his playing is incredible. Like he's a fucking insane guitar player. So that really helps because he can pick up a bass and just be like, eh, check this out. What if it's something like this? And then, and then like, you know, he's like a minute into the song. I'm like, 
Hey, can I have the bass back? <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> play on my own record. Um, but you know, and then we go back and like, uh, let's tweak this part and I'll do this and record that. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of trust almost with all those guys. Um, and it's like, uh, they really do contribute as much into records coming out the way that they do, um, as almost a, a sixth member of the band would be, you know, with those type of dudes. And like at 90% of the things that they do, you're like, or, or suggest you're like, oh, oh, that's fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? Whereas like, if it was like some other person, you'd be like, mm, no, we're, we're over here doing our thing more times than not. You're like, fuck, that's fucking awesome. You know, one of the, uh, you didn't just play bass on this record. You also provided some, uh, you know, like direction as far as like, um, music videos are concerned, like imagery. Sure. Like, what was it like to, uh, have you ever directed a music video before? As I know you're kind of creative in, in your YouTube channel, but uh, was this something that was always kind of like, I need to do that. That sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those deals where um, my buddy Kyle Lamar um, has um, um, a company called Digital Mile. And I started working with Kyle, like actually the very first time it was with Havoc when I was filming like my exit from the Havoc band. We, you know, we're very cool with each other. So we were like, let's, you know let's, let's make it fun. And, and so I went and worked with them and I was really impressed with them. And, um, I started working with him, uh, with, uh, helping out some friends in a band called nuclear power trio. So I like kind of help out directing all those videos as well and, uh, editing and all the graphics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's all, that's how kind of on the DL, you know, because they're, they're high profile guys and, and kind of can't exactly. be associated with them. That's right. Uh, but, um, so throughout that process, probably done like six videos that way. And then I started, I did a video for this band King, uh, okay. as well before the JFAC video. Um, uh, and all this in conjunction with Kyle, he's the videographer, like his camera work. I'll grab the camera here and there when his arms are tired or something, <laughs> but his camera and his focus work, cause it's all prime lenses. It's just fucking amazing. I mean, he's well-educated and, and, and he's very open with his knowledge and stuff. And so we, we knew that we wanted to present something. He was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do a job video. Let's do a job video. And I was like, ah, waiting for the record to be done forever. But once one that was finally out and was like, okay, let's do this. And so it was really fun. And, um, it's great to be able to represent that visual side of things. You know what I mean? Want to do more. Definitely. Cause Johnny, like Johnny and I had such a good time, like conceptualizing the music videos yeah. and like sending like, all right, you got to watch this. Or what if, what if we, you know, try to do this scene from the blob or like, you know, oh, dude, watch oh, like these are eighties. Uh, the eighties one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was so, you know, but the, just the, their, their use of the methyl cellulose, which is the, yes. um, uh, the goop. And so yeah. my, my gal and I made all this goop here. Uh, it was like four hours it took us to make because I made the 25 gallons. Um, and it's so cool to play with. It's so much fun. But so we just, you know, the special effects side of it, all that was super cool. And Johnny is like, oh man, he wasn't here with me with Kyle to be able to do the actual filming. And like, I had to act in the, uh, in the, both the videos as well, because I just couldn't get somebody to commit to doing like seven shoots randomized. I don't know when, uh, you know, call you up like everybody that was close to being able to do it. Like, um, I had one friend who was able to do, you know, the first, um, uh, or the, like be the scientist, the person who was born, yeah. you know, whose life was the second. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so Johnny was like, man, I'm fucking jealous. I'm not getting it. He's like, my buddy and I growing up in high school, always wanted to, you know, make films. And, and so we're like, let's, let's make more because, um, probably that's going to be one of the more accessible ways for us to continue to have like a, 
a representation of the art past when the physical album comes out and, you know, just people streaming it is to continue to try to, um, showcase like a visual aesthetic to it, you know, via the, uh, via the interviews. Um, I would love to be able to like even do a traditional music video where we all get, you know, together and, and, and fucking, you know, like a music video, like right, the band sure. plays, <laughs> but, um, there's something cool about not doing that as well, because that's pretty tired as well. And like, it's fun. It's more film like to do these other things. So, um, yeah, so we're going to look forward to hopefully doing, I thought I would, I was like, I don't have the time to do another one. I wanted one. There's like a focus single. Um, I think it might be into the crystalline crypts. Oh, nice. Uh, for which, I mean, it's like, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, the record will be out. So what is the point of having a focus single for the day, but they still do it, whatever. Here's the, here's, you know, but so, um, I guess I just ran out of time. I thought I was going to make, uh, another video and put it out the day the record drops, but I'm like, uh, I just looked at the, I'm like, uh, two weeks might be a little tight. I like, well, you know, you see, um, you know, with like cattle, they just put out, uh, like a video, well, after the record for what is it? So nostalgia, uh, yeah, you know, uh-huh. and that thing came out amazing. Um, yeah. you mentioned, um, you know, the blob, did you pull from any other reference points? Do you have any like favorite horror yeah. movies or films? Yeah. I was trying to do like, people ask like, Oh, what if you could put this on like, um, some type of, uh, uh, you know, like dark side of the moon to, um, wizard of Oz or something like yeah, yeah. what, what movie could this be a soundtrack for? And, um, I would say altered states. Oh, you know, I okay. haven't um, seen that one. I saw, oh, is it Layer of the uh, White Worm? Uh, I think he oh. also did that one. Oh, with, I have uh, to write that down. Dude, that movie Layer is wild. Um, yeah, it has, uh, oh, shit. Um, one of the Doctor Who's in it before, well before that. But uh, I Layer think it's of the, the same, White Worm? I believe, okay. I believe it's the same director who did Altered Stage, which I have not, I've always seen the the imagery of like what the, you know, like almost like a goat head on the crucifix and, yeah. and everything sure. like that. Wow. I think it's, uh, one of the coolest movies that uh, it's, it's 1980s and you could tell like they didn't have a giant budget. And even if you did have a giant budget in in 1980 itself, like tough to do some of the stuff that they were trying to do, but so it's still fun though. Like the effects that they use and stuff. And it's very, um, like I remember I heard about that movie forever, but it wasn't until, um, the, I guess, 2022 ish 2023 that we started um, really getting into the conceptualization of like the, the visual element of it and getting into the story side of things. And Johnny had, you know, obviously finalized all his lyrics and stuff. And so we, when I watched that movie, I was like, Johnny, you got to fucking watch this movie. And he watches it and it was so funny. He's like, damn, this is like kind of essentially the record. <laughs> you know what I mean, like this dude's just experimenting this, this brilliant, you know, sort of mad scientist is experimenting with, um, hallucinogens and looking for more and more powerful hallucinogens in conjunction with like flotation tanks or isolation tanks, um, looking for the, the root of consciousness. Like he's trying to like go into like cellular memory into oh, like, God. yeah, it's, it's fucking cool and gnarly and it's a yeah. horror flick, but it's also, not it's really weird it's really cool but that that's like a pretty strong connection i think to this this album is like a very similar story i guess i would say i would whenever i i've seen clips of that film it it almost kind of reminds me like of um you know like just like a 
it's like a fever dream. It's kind of like Jacob's ladder kind of thing where it's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Here? I haven't done that one a really long time since I was a kid. I need to do that. Terrifying. One again. Terrifying. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. That's rad. I also like, um, what else did we do? Um, Oh, just some other ones that were like not directly connected, but, um, like the house that Jack built. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. Dude, that, oh, that's yeah. the Von Trier movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that's damn. a rough one. Yeah, is it as rough Dude. as Anti Antichrist or whatever? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, that's a pretty straightforward answer. Uh, Matt Dillon, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like if American Psycho went to if American Psycho got its masters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's that's a great that's a great description of that. Right. It's like oh shit, the architectural principles and like just the fuck. I mean, it's just brutal. I didn't do the director's cut either. I was like ah. Uh, I'm good with the regular cut was fucking disturbing enough that I'm like, I'm, ah, I yeah. know where you would have, I knew where you cut <laughs> out of and I'm good. Yeah. It's uh, it's Austin. It's a slog to get through. Like not, not that it's, it's enjoyable in the worst way possible. That's oh, the best cool. way to yeah, describe great. it. But it's like, you're going to watch it. And I know what you're going to text me after watching it. Great. We always do. Um, we do like this month long list through October every year. We watch like a horror movie like every day. So maybe we oh, sweet. just uh, add that to the list of oh, things yeah, to make dude. me feel just awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did he do Midsommar as well? No, uh, that's Ari Aster. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Yeah. That was also pretty. I just, that I'll never remember or forget from that fucking scene. I'm like, why the fuck did the guy jump feet first? Oh, we, we saw that in the theater That's together. Stupid, I'm like, what did you <laughs> did land here? Yes. <laughs> oh, I just want my leg to split open. And then yeah. the lady come over with the big hammer and fucking I, uh, Dylan was dating. was dating someone at the time and they full on left the theater before the movie. So we just sat in there together. Just like, yep. <sighs> like seven minutes in, she's out because the opening of that is just oh, as shocking as, as anything. Yeah. And she just looks over and goes, you can still watch it. It's okay. I'm going to go watch something else. <laughs> it's all right. That uh, opening but, is probably one of the darkest, like, man, ugh, yeah, feeling it does openings not, ever. not feel like, good. Oh, God, dude. Yeah. Just the fucking throw up and the, oh my God. Oh yeah. Ugh. Brutal. Feel good. Feel good. Family movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, like Die Hard. <laughs> We're talking about some some wonderful things. Having an existential crisis earlier with nostalgia, some really <laughs> fucked up movies. Um, I just have a few more questions for you, but sure. Uh, you know, you guys played what your first show in like seven years uh, back last year. Um, oh yeah, maybe one of the the few bands that actually got to play a set with all the weather that happened at that festival. Um, yeah, what, what was that like? Out. God damn, that was so lucky for us. Cause like, yeah. oh dude, we put so much work into that show, you know, like flying every, you know, Tony flying in from Ireland on a break from, uh, oh, he had already graduated, um, to become a doctor, but, um, oh, hell yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, just mad rehearsals, like our buddy Brett from revocation just fucking went above and beyond out of his way to like do a billion things for us to make that show come off the way that we wanted it to come off. And like lighting guy that had uh, my buddy, Evan at uh, Burke had been programming lights for like over three weeks and um, all this work that went into it. And then like, oh, I just feel so bad for bands that put that same level of work into their sets that like, are like, 
no, no show. Sorry. You know, whether, whether, you know, not you hear a lot of controversy about that fest, about whether right. it was like, uh, okay. Did the County come in and say, you guys aren't prepared for any more inclement weather like this. And so you got to shut it Or was it just the weather? It's harder to know. Um, you know, I just feel bad for everybody. Uh, but I am super grateful that we were able to like, we just lucked out. Cause I remember even walking, we were doing a signing and then like we were walking back and we see the storm kind of like brewing up and we're like, Oh shit, they're going to fucking call it. They're going to cancel it. We're not going to be able to play. Um, and then we, it, it passed and it was good and we played and it was fucking awesome. So I think uh, it's kind of cool to be at least the one like success story of Blue Ridge 2023, you know? Yeah. Did you, um were you able to play, did you debut any of those songs uh, for that set? Yeah, we did Agony Seeping Storm. Um, which was cool. Uh, tough. That's a tough one, man. It's a tough fucking track. It's probably the h- hardest track I would say off the new record. Um, but uh, and it came across pretty well. Um, but it was one of those things where you're like, ah, you know, anytime you have new material, you're like, or even just as a band in general, you haven't played in seven years. Like, you're like, dude, the fifth show or sixth show into a tour has been a fucking everything's locked in and the machine's running right. You know what I mean? So it's so tricky to um to to be like you you get one there's one you know you're like holy shit there's so many variables that can go wrong at a show um that you know and no matter how much practice you do it's not a show you could practice for two months straight and like every day and be like it's perfect and then go up for the show and fucking there's problems it's just it's a different environment you know um but it was still it's still really fun to get that and hopefully I think there's one thing that we for sure have confirmed that it's not announced yet for the fall and then busting ass to try to get something else earlier than that done. But it's really hard because like, you know, Tony's a practicing physician now. Oh, wow. Um, Well, congrats to him. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Johnny, you know, Johnny's got a a four year old and an eight year old and he's like the head coder at this fucking IT. So it's like, it's, it's not just like, Oh, can we, you guys were like Friday night, want to meet up and play that show or, you know, play a concert or a fest. It's like the same thing. It's like, we have to, you know, book a place where we're all in the same spot because everybody lives all across the world. So you got to book a, book a, a place where we're all going to be in the same place. We need to book a rehearsal room. We need to rent gear and we need to rehearse for, you know, three, four days. Um, and then, you know, travel to the show and it's, it's like logistically a lot to do for such a small amount of like actual shows, you know? Um, but, uh, we had such a good time there at Blue Ridge and the energy and the chemistry was like fucking instantly back inside jokes that I didn't even remember that like, we're just, we're just there. It was just like, it just, things just picked right up, uh, from 10 years ago. And so afterwards, you know, Tony even sent an email and he was like, yo, I've been watching some videos and uh, I know I got this, you know, doctor thing, but he's like, we have to fucking do more, you know? That's, that's so, so cool. Yeah. Oh, so great. hopefully we get to do more and play more off of moon healer. My ideal set is sunny during its entirety. Moon healer, okay. moon Ooh, healer in its entirety. They'll never let me do that, but I'm just telling <laughs> the world that that's what I would do. We can will it. We can will it into existence. I think, <laughs> I think we believe if we believe enough. Yes. Um, manifest destiny. If we, uh, you know, we kind of touched on some things you're, you know, alluding to in the next year, you know, some live performances mm-hmm. perhaps, but uh, sure. what else do you hope to accomplish in 2024, whether it be with job for a cowboy or the numerous other projects you got going on? Like what, um, what, it, you know, when you get into this year and the nitty gritty of it, what do you hope to, uh, get into this year? 
let's see. There's there's probably gonna be some havoc stuff come out that um I might have been on one or I might have been on a track of that. Um then um I really want to get into like I built this crazy sick like video editing computer up after I started getting into the JFAC stuff and, and just being like having a lot of fun with this program called uh, there was like the um Boris effects and like just some of the more like super processor intensive um plugins like vid- you know virtual plugins and um uh like uh even like 3D elements you know um, Unreal Engine, I'm kind of starting to work with, and I really want to like get to dive into that, and so I can. It's like right now, I I have ideas for videos that I can't with the budget that we've got. You know, like I could call it like an Unreal programmer up and be like, oh yeah, thirty grand, done. You know, but I'm like, oh, we don't have the fucking thirty grand. So I want to like be able to develop those skills myself so that I can really bring what's in my head out into, into reality. Um, for, you know, all bands, I've been, I've been having a lot of fun doing the videos. Um, and then musically, um, you know, I definitely hoping to get out with job for cowboy multiple times. Um, and then I got a bunch of videos to, f- uh, finish for those, my buddies in, in nuclear and then, um, be doing some stuff with King as well, filming some videos, which is going to be great. Uh, we're going out to Maryland to do that. So I kind of, and it'll end up being a, a pretty busy video year for me, despite um, then probably some havoc touring as well. I think uh, we haven't confirmed it hundred percent, but uh, um, for all intents and purposes, like we have so much fun together that it's like, usually if he asks if I want to go out, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Out. Let's go have fun. So we'll be doing that. And then, uh, you know, really gearing up for a really fun year in the news. I'm sure we're going to have lots of really great times listening to uh, the left and right, go back and forth with each yeah. other all year. That's going to be cool. <laughs> any, um, um, <laughs> any word from the uh, cephalic carnage guys and you still in yeah. touch with everybody? Yes. Um, yeah. Brian um, is uh, the guitarist is my brother-in-law now. He's marrying my oh, sister. That's so so cool. we, we hang quite a bit. Yeah. And um, man, there's an hour and a half at least of music. Um that's just been kind of sitting on a fucking computer. We have like three songs or four songs that are actually demoed with drums as well. Oh, wow. And it's just, I don't know if it's just cause pot became legal. <laughs> and so it's like, Oh, what's the point? We got, right. we, we got what we wanted. Here it is, you know? Um, or, you know, it's one of those things where it's like probably like every time we say yes to a festival or, or, or a tour, like the, you know, the, the Cavalier, uh, brothers will ask us to go out or somebody like anytime we say yes to any of that stuff, it's like any hypothetical, you know, or potential energy that could, you know, um, could get put into finishing the the song so that we could book the recording time and get that record out, uh, goes into preparing for the, for the concerts, you know? Gotcha. So, um, but it's cool shit. I mean, there's some, it's like heavily reminiscent of like the older, crazier, you know, cephalic, lucid and exploiting type stuff. Um, but with the sort of, you know, uh, mature patina of misled by certainty. Um, so I would love to get that done. Cause it's, that's another thing that kind of like the job record now we're like, shit jobs in 10 years, it's 14 fucking years yeah. since we put cephalic out. So that's kind of always in the back of your mind. Like it's like an unfinished task that you're like, uh, you know, I want to do that before I die. You know, like, let's get that. It's just, we only have one more record left with relapse. So let's fucking get it done. <laughs> let's get it knocked out. Well, I hope uh, you're enjoying while, you know, with all that going on in the back of your head, I, I hope you really enjoy all of the um, 
the buzz that this record's been getting. I really enjoyed it. And I really Thank appreciate you. you sitting down with us and, and taking the time to chat with us about it. Uh, Hell yeah. If you're listening to this, uh, Moon Healer, it's going to be out on the 23rd. Check it out. Metal Blade Records. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed. Don't be a chump. Uh, Nick, thank you so much, man. <laughs> thank you. Really appreciate thank you so much. It. Yeah, it really was a pleasure meeting you guys, man. Uh, where are you guys fun. based out of? I'm in the Chicagoland area. Dylan's uh, uh, just north Nashville of uh, Nashville. Yep. Oh, cool. Okay, sweet. Well, you know, we play both those places. My fa- my family's, uh, my grandpa and grandma and my mom's side were both from Chicago. North side oh, no side, kidding. So. Hell yeah. Yeah, so so family's still out in, in uh, I have one cousin live in Chicago and then, um, the rest of my family's in Wisconsin. So I still make my way out there. And then obviously we play both places. Oh so yeah. Anytime we're playing, come out and have a beer and, and let's shoot the shit. I would Absolutely. love to, man. Absolutely. Uh, you have yeah, a great dude. rest of your time. You've been listening to riff worship for Nick, for Dylan, for me. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks.